Welcome to the Financial Intuition Podcast, where you can find your inner financial intuition, one money topic at a time. The goal of the podcast is to educate, inform, and engage our audience with tools and resources created to help them make more informed financial decisions. These tools and resources can be found on our website at consumerfinance.gov. You can also click the link in the show notes for more information. This is the next episode of a three-episode Understanding Your Financial Aid Offer Series, which focuses on using College Scorecard to find your academic fit, what to know about filling out the FAFSA, and using the CFPB's Grad Pass tool to help college decision-making. Before we get started, I'll read our Consumer Financial Protection Bureau standard disclaimer. This podcast is being produced by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It is intended to generate discussion about using the CFPB's Grad Pass tool to help with college decision-making. The questions asked and topics discussed were developed in coordination with the presenter and may not represent the Bureau's policy on any particular matter. Any opinions or views stated by the presenter are the presenter's own and may not represent the Bureau's views. Nothing said in this podcast by Bureau representative constitutes legal interpretation, guidance, or advice from the Bureau. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Stone, a policy analyst in the section for students and young consumers. Our section creates tools and resources for those working to help students, young adults, and their families manage money, build credit, save or pay for college, and repay student debt. We're excited to gain insight on using the CFPB's Grad Pass tool to help with college decision-making from my colleague, Kate Mullen. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Great. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and your work here at the Bureau? Sure. So I'm a policy analyst also with the section of uh, for students and young consumers. I focus on student loan repayment. Uh, so basically, I want to help student loan borrowers af- avoid defaulting on their loans. That's that's my big goal um, that I always try to keep in the back of my mind. And that includes helping students set themselves up for success at the beginning. So that's where GradPass uh, comes in. Uh, before I came to the Bureau, I was a high school math teacher for several years and an education researcher. Uh, so what is GradPath and how does it work? Right. So GradPath is a web tool, uh, just lives on the, the Bureau's website, and it helps students make a final decision about where to go to college and how to pay for it. So that's once students have already applied, been accepted to hopefully multiple schools um, and applied to multiple schools, and now they have hopefully multiple financial aid offers in front of them that they're trying to, to choose between. And so to do that, GradPath will, will walk the student through three main questions. First of all, can you even pay for the upcoming school year? Is the funding even there to cover all your costs? If you can, and you're going to be using student loans, then can you actually afford those loans, those loans, excuse me, in the long run? And so GradPath will estimate how much debt you might graduate with and then bring in some salary data to help figure out if those loans are actually going to be manageable for you. And then finally, we want you to think about, is this school going to pay off which investment that you're making? Just because you can afford something doesn't mean it's it's the right thing to invest in. You're putting a lot of time and money and opportunity costs into continuing your education. And we want you to be able to graduate and have financial success with your new degree. So we bring in some data to help you think about that as well. Yeah, and that's great. I think about uh, when I was actually uh, in that position and thinking about college and you know, expenses, it was more so I was at least thought about it from the perspective of getting there and figuring thing out, figuring things out from semester to semester versus having a plan on the front end. So it sounds like a grad path can, uh, you know, help prospective college students avoid that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it sounds like you and I had a similar approach to school, which was, in my case, just not very much of an approach at all. And the way I want students to think about it is if you can see an emergency coming from three or six months ahead, then it's not as much of an emergency, right? You can, you know, we can reach out, find help, see what your options are um, and, and plan for it and, and have a much less stressful experience. 
And so who should uh, use grant path? Sure, anyone with a financial aid offer from a college or university. And when I say college or university, I mean that very broadly. That could be, you know, going to Barber's College, that could be uh, going to flight school, um, a for-profit college, like for a very specific, you know, skill, graduate school, you know, your, your state university, community college, any of these schools where you're paying to attend beyond high school, um, we can help you figure out if it's if it's uh, if it's going to be a financially sustainable uh, decision, and then anyone else who helps those students understand their offers. So that might be parents, other family members, a high school counselor, other advisors. Um, the tool is also meant to be uh, helpful to people who are helping, right? So it's something that a high school counselor can bring into their um, all the resources that you're, they're using with their students. And it's very important to have, again, some type of uh, tool or plan that, you know, you can use before you uh, make, make those big decisions, those potentially costly decisions. So, uh, which sort of segues into the next question, why is it important to have a plan before starting a program of study? Sure. So, you and I already kind of mentioned this. Uh, first of all, we want you to just avoid emergencies. We know that students end up having um, shortfalls that they weren't expecting, and that can uh, have effects on things like whether they're getting enough to eat, um, are they living in safe and appropriate housing? Um, so, you know, just basic life necessities we want you to um, have covered. And then again, back to this idea of the long run. Um, we want you to come out of your uh, college education feeling like the investment you made was worth it, that it's paying off. Uh, and that if you had to use loans to pay for it, that those loans are not causing you bigger problems. One of the uh, one of the best ways to make sure that you can successfully repay those loans is to make sure that you graduate because you need that degree to get the better paying job. And having that financial plan will help you stay in school. First of all, if you have those necessities, basic life necessities covered. Um, if you're not working too much, um, if you're not you know so stressed out that you're doing poorly in your classes, because um, of course you need to be making that academic progress. Uh, to get to that to get to that degree, so that's kind of the order of operations here. We want you to um, be academically successful, have all your necessities covered, uh, get to graduation, get that degree that helps you get into a better paying career, um, and then manage manage your loans and, and move on with your financial life. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, which is this, you talked about this idea of stress, which is important because it can um, potentially start depending on the decision that you make on the front end. It can start there and sort of tr carry throughout your college matriculation and also into your later adult years, or you can, you know, be proactive and develop a plan on the front end and ease that stress and that pain and, and navigate through and eventually meet that end goal. So yep, that's important. So how does grad path factor into student debt and other loans? The Bureau's stance uh, is that you should try to keep your total debt at graduation under your first year salary. So the amount of the amount of student loan that you graduate with should be less than that that early career salary that you're coming into. So if you're looking at a career where, say, you're going to be a teacher like I was, and in your state you're going to be looking at like a forty thousand dollar salary, then you should be graduating with no more than forty thousand dollars in debt. So to help you check if you're likely to follow that rule, GradPath has places for you to enter every type of debt you might be considering for the upcoming school year, whether that's federal. Potentially, your state has some, some loans that they're offering you. Then you could be looking also into private options from banks, credit unions, the school. We want you to do your due diligence on all of those. 
So we can have uh, places for you to enter the amount that you're considering, the interest rate, and the origination fee, which is the percentage that gets skimmed right off the top. And then based on the length of the program, GradPath will estimate how much debt you'll graduate with, making some pretty broad assumptions on, you know, that you're going to continue uh, using approximately the same percentage of your limits. Finally, we bring in some salary data from another great federal tool called College Scorecards that the Department of Education runs. Um, and we can bring in some salary data from that that based on your school and potentially the program that you're looking at. And so that'll help you compare. Is your total debt of graduation likely to be less than or equal to that first year salary that you're, you're hoping for? And so what are some tips or best practices when planning pay for higher education that a prospective student should consider? I feel like I would be remiss to say that it's never too late to start saving. Uh, even if you are, for instance, in your junior year and you're just babysitting here and there, sock some of that money away because some studies show that every dollar that you borrow can cost up to $2 or even more to repay in the long run. Um, so every dollar that you can avoid borrowing through saving is going to help save you twice that in the long run. So it's never too late to start saving, even if it's a little bit. It's worth more than you think it is. Definitely want to mention that. And then, of course, what I've mentioned before, we want you to know what you're getting into. It's a little bit tricky with student debt because you're committing up front to potentially a multi-year program, but you're going to be taking on these loans bit by bit. And so you don't really get, you know, when you're buying a car, you know up front this is the cost of the car. Um, and you don't really have that with student loans. And it's kind of a weird situation to be in. So we'd encourage you to use a tool like GradPath or just, you know, a calculator makes some estimations. Where am I going to be? in four years, hopefully, if I'm going to finish my bachelor's degree on time. And then the Department of Education has a great tool for estimating what your monthly payment might be. Um, you know, you can use our, you know, our tool for that as well. We can give you some salary data. College Scorecard can give you some salary data. Uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has a whole wage data site where you can look at kind of the range of salaries for different types of jobs separate from the colleges and universities. So you can do, you gather some information there and see, is this, this is really makes sense. We don't want you to have $100,000 in debt for a career where you're likely to make $40,000 or $50,000 a year. Um, that's, that's just going to eat up your budget in a way that's going to feel really unmanageable. Uh, the next thing I would, I would say is make sure you're talking to that financial aid office. We heard from a lot of students that they're really intimidated by the idea of calling the financial aid office and asking questions and saying, you know, it, it can be intimidating to say, hey, we can't really afford this. What are my other options? But that's exactly what you should be doing. They're there to help. Um, they want to give you that information. We had many people who work in financial aid offices review the tool as we were developing it, along with other students and counselors and all types of people. And all the financial aid people wanted us to say as many places as we could in the tool, please call us. We have information for you. So definitely reach out to them, especially if you feel like you're out of options. They might have ideas you haven't thought of. And then the last thing I would, I'd want to push is going to sound like it doesn't have anything to do with finances, but make sure you're on top of your academic planning. Um, you know, talk to that academic advisor, get your degree plan in order, know what credits you have. Maybe you have some coming in from high school or from previous enrollments at a, at a college or a community college. Um, and then figure out what that degree plan and stick to it. We want you to graduate on time and start your career on time. Um, and just keep your eyes out along the way for the cheapest way to get those credits that you need. Um, so potentially, you know, uh, you're going to a college, they accept transfer credits from the local community college. There are some courses that are not totally, 
you know, um, crucial to your degree or your future career, maybe you can take those at the community college um, and save a few thousand dollars, uh, which can make a big difference, especially if, if that's going to be paid for through loans. Um, like I said, that's worth double in the long run. So yeah, that's it. Know what you're getting into. Reach out for help. Reach out for information, and stay on top of your academics because academic planning is financial planning in college. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I think you, you raised some pretty good points. I know one um, as far as like, you know, seeking out and looking for every dollar you can potentially look for to reduce the actual costs, even if you're a junior or a senior, because it's going to save you money in the future. And also continue to apply for scholarships because there are scholarships that are out there. Like you said, um, sometimes schools have restricted scholarships. I know my school did. And if I didn't physically walk into the financial aid office, I never would have known. And I actually got ended up getting that scholarship like for three years, which saved me a substantial amount of money. So, um, so yeah, that's an important point. And then also I would say just thinking about what you hit on, the emotional decision-making, because a lot of times the students, our friends might be going to a particular school or our parents might have gone to a school and it might not be affordable for various reasons. Um, but just taking that into consideration and not letting the emotion lead you to uh, make a, a financial decision that's not feasible for you or your family. Absolutely, and, and actually your comments made me think of two other things. I want to just point out, you know, what you said about the financial aid office, walking into that office. Yeah, absolutely. It, talking to them is not just for before you start college. Once you're already on campus, once you're going to school there, you want to continue that relationship. I have also talked to um, multiple people who, through that kind of ongoing interaction with the financial aid office made them aware of scholarships that they otherwise wouldn't have known about and saved them a substantial amount of money. So yes, I definitely want to emphasize that once you're once you're already in school, continue that relationship. Um, and then the other thing, Brian, what was the second point you made? Oh, the emotional part. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. So the emotional aspect of decision making is really tough. Um, about on this particular decision, you know, the schools have been marketing themselves to you very effectively. Um, and, you know, you applied to that school for a reason. There were things about it that you really loved. And it might turn out that, you know, I, okay, I can't go to school, this school, the way that I thought I was going to. Okay, but maybe, you know, going back to the idea of, of don't assume something is impossible just because it feels that way at first glance. You know, maybe you can um, uh, go to community college for a year and then transfer. Maybe you can move to that state, work for a year, go to community college, and then become an in-state student. You know, there's there's lots of different ways to to skin the cat, and we would want students to really um, keep their eyes open and and get creative and think about what is my ultimate goal, and then what are some compromises that I'm willing to make in order to get there, um, with with an amount of debt that I can feel good about going into young adulthood with. Yeah, or know that, you know, that's an option too. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that, absolutely. That is definitely Brian's preference. <laughs> so how can you use GradPath to compare um, two or more programs? Sure. So we have, after you've gone through, you know, you've, you've put in all your information from the offer. Um, we've helped you zero out your gap. We've helped you figure out, okay, can I actually pay for the upcoming school year? We've given you a bunch of information about, the loans in the long term, you know, if you do have to use them against Brian's uh, wishes. Um, and then uh, we finally give you a summary page that takes you through back through all those numbers line by line. Um, so you can go through the tool as many times as you want for as many schools as you want. 
as you go through the tool, you'll be actually generating a unique URL. So up in that, you know, the line where it says www. It'll be capturing all that information that you've been entering into the tool. And then um, you'll be able to, to get that summary sheet for each of those and look at them side by side. Um, so you can, you know, right click and save it as a PDF. You can just pull up the window side by side. Um, the tool does work on mobile devices. So cell phones, tablets, um, any of those things, it'll work as well. And you can share that URL with other people. Um, so that's another, you know, we're talking about this, you know, the comparison and talking through and figuring out this decision. You can share the URL with uh, parents, counselors, teachers that you trust uh, and, and, and want their opinion. Um, so that's another way, you know, to, to share that what the tool is, uh, what the information that the tool is giving you. Great. Yeah. And so that's a good point. Uh, you mentioned, I think before that you needed uh, this tool is good at the point where you have your offer letter. Is there any additional information that, um, a prospective student would need, would they need some parental information or um, anything else to actually, you know, be able to take full advantage of the tool? Yeah, that's a great question. So the offer letter is the main thing. Uh, like you said, um, it definitely is helpful to have a sense from your parents of, and not just a sense, an actual number from your parents on what they might be able to contribute, um, whether that's from savings that they already have um, or if they're able to set aside, you know, 100 bucks out of their monthly budget to help you pay for certain things. So you'd want to have that conversation. And you want to I just, you didn't, this isn't really part of the question necessarily, but I just wanted to go ahead and say, you know, it can be very difficult as a parent sitting down and having a conversation with your kids about money like this. You know, if you're a student listening to this, especially if you're, you know, a high school student, this might be one of the first times that you have that kind of real nuts and bolts conversation with your parents about money and their finances. And so I would just encourage students to think about that very carefully and be very thoughtful and respectful about that conversation. Think about what this means for your, you know, I know it's hard, but think about what this means for your parents in terms of their retirement, in terms of other obligations, and try to keep that perspective that they have a lot of different plates that they're trying to keep in the air. I, I you know, a number from your family is great. If the student has savings, that's great. A good thing to know. If the student is planning to work, you know, maybe you're staying close to home, you've had a job through high school, you're going to keep it. If you, you know, if you have a sense of, of that money, how much can go towards your expenses, that would be helpful. And then the last thing is not just about the money that you can bring, but also about the obligations that you're going to have, the expenses that you're going to have. So one thing that the tool um, urges students to do is to think big picture about what are all the costs and expenses that they're going to need to cover, not just the expenses that are hopefully included on your financial aid offer. Um, as a best practice from the school. So that might be something like a credit card payment, uh, if you have a car note that you're paying, if you, um, perhaps your family household is going to need you to contribute money uh, while you're in school. Um, so that's another conversation you might need to have. Um, how can I budget for this? So those kinds of things as well, there's a, there's a spot in the tool where you can enter these other obligations um, that you're going to be budgeting for, because again, like I mentioned earlier, if you can see an emergency coming from three or six months away, it's less of an emergency, right? So uh, we want you to be thinking about all of the costs and expenses that you're going to be covering for that year. 
Yeah, and no, I think those are all good points. And on um, just something you said earlier, the tool is essentially for anyone. So um, if the those numbers, so the parent contribution, those amounts might be zero. So it, you could be like a first-generation student or doing it by yourself. Uh, but the tool is for you, too, in that it will uh, at least show you where you are as far as what you have, and you have a goal of whatever school you're actually trying to go to. But then you can see what that need is, if there is a need. So, um, yeah, those are great points. So how does GradPath incorporate the total cost of college? Great question. So I'd say there's two ways. One of them I just touched on, which is, you know, again, thinking about all of the expenses that you're going to be encountering. And then the other that I haven't gone into as much is about the length of your program. Um, so for instance, uh, say you're coming in as um, from out of high school, you're entering into a bachelor's degree, the typical length is four years. Um, and, and we'll use that to estimate uh, what your total debt is going to be. Um, one thing I'd want students to think about, you know, when they're thinking about the total cost of college is uh, the fact that a lot of students don't finish on time. And I know it's really tempting to think that I'm definitely going to finish on time. And I certainly thought that myself. Um, I was a really strong high school student. I graduated with excellent grades. I got an academic scholarship and I still graduated a semester late, even coming in with AP credits, um, a significant a semester's worth of AP credits. Uh, so. You know, I would I would really encourage students again going back to the academic planning, the degree plan, uh, making sure you're on a path that you feel good about, and um, and that you'll be able to finish. Uh, because uh, you know, having an extra semester or year of school can add substantially to those costs. Yeah, yeah, and I can relate because I had an extra year myself. I had a master plan, and then you know there are a few major changes and a double major, and then a minor and. I looked up and I was like, oh, <laughs> the extra year. <laughs> yep, <laughs> extra <exactly>. year of expenses. <laughs> exactly. And not just an extra year of expenses, but an extra year that you're not in the workplace. Um, so that's, you know, there's kind of a double whammy there. Um, so anything you can do, you know, earlier on, uh, whether it's in high school or that first year, if you're in a traditional bachelor's program, maybe you're going in undeclared. Anything you can do to kind of narrow down what your interests really are. Um, whether it's going in and sitting in on lectures, um, talking to professors, looking at volunteer opportunities, going to club meetings, you know, really, I, I don't know about you, Brian, but I did not take full advantage. Um, I'm sure there's like 100 careers I didn't even think about that would have been a good fit. So, you know, really take advantage of all of those resources because you're paying for them. So you may as well use them. Right, right, yeah. Um, I didn't either. I just had my mind sort of locked on one thing <laughs> and stuck to that plan until the day I graduated. And I was like, uh, I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like you said, Explore is a, it's a time to develop both academically and, you know, personally. So, yeah, take those opportunities because, as you said, you are paying for them. They're there for you, and, you know, the college wants you to. So makes a lot of sense. Yep. Are there any other tools or features that GradPath has that maybe we didn't hit on before? One thing that the tool does link to at the end, it gives you a step of, uh, or a, a list of next steps you can take for either putting the plan into action if you're feeling good about it, or reconsidering other options if you're not feeling so confident. And, and one of those steps is to make a budget. We have a link there to an excellent cash flow budget uh, that the Bureau offers. We're also working to make a student-specific one that will hopefully be out uh, later on in 2021. Um, but whether you use our tool or somebody else's, I would, I would certainly encourage students to 
again, that, that planning thing that Brian and I keep coming back to, um, part of that is, is making a budget and um, specifically looking month to month, where am I going to be? You know, you're gonna, if, you're, if you are using loans or if you have a big scholarship, you're basically gonna get this big lump of money at the beginning of each term, um, and then it's up to you to make it last. Um, so having, having a budget and knowing where you are, having uh, you know, maybe a weekly Sunday night check-in with your finances, how much do I actually have to spend this week? What costs do I see coming up? Um, do I have enough? That will, again, that whole idea of uh, an emergency you see coming from a ways off is, is way less stressful than the one that sneaks up on you the next day. Um, so definitely, whether it's our budget link or, or another tool, um, that would be uh, something else I'd want students to think about. Yeah, yeah, and I think their um, budget's extremely important, and it does add some, you know, clarity to a financial situation that can be complex anyway because as a student, their expenses coming from everywhere. There might be funding sources coming from different places, and you're trying to match those funding sources with the expenses at the point when they happen. So a budget can give, like, a clearer picture of, you know, what's happening this week or this month or even this semester and, uh, you know, help reduce some of the stress in the process. All right, so we talked about a lot of great things this episode. We talked about grad path, we talked about uh, decision-making, budgeting, and overall just having a plan. Three takeaways from this episode. Use the grad path tool to help you develop a plan to cover the cost of college. Compare the cost of similar programs before deciding on one. Consider the cost of post-graduation student debt before taking out loans for higher education. Thank you, Kate, for joining us today and sharing your expertise with our audience. We appreciate our listeners for tuning in. To stay connected, please visit our podcast page on consumerfinance.gov. And so you don't miss future episodes, sign up to be notified of new releases. As always, remember to continue to develop your financial intuition and learn money management lessons you can use now to build a future you want tomorrow. Thank you.